With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. What's up, Commit Equip fam? This is Eric Nam. This is Eddie Nam. How are you, dude? Dude, I am doing okay. How about yourself? You know what? Okay is the best that we can ask for these days, but it's fine. I'm I'm doing well. My album's out. And so uh, I hope you guys are listening to my hot fire new album. It's called The Other Side. Yes. Eddie, what's your favorite track off the album? We got some smashes. Uh, probably How You Been. I love Paradise, really? but I, I really love How You Been. And you know how I feel about that song. Really? Yeah. That's that's been like a sleeper. You remember when we first put that together? You're like, mm, I don't like it, and I was like, uh, what? hold on, bro. But then I called you back the next day. I go, actually, this is a smash. <laughs> it's some of the English lyrics they weren't speaking to me. But then, when, but when you put it into Korean, it was like pretty fantastic. Melodically, all right, all right. great song. Thank you, thank you, thank Anyways, you. Anyways, right. well. Everybody, we hope you're safe, you hope you're healthy, and we hope that this podcast and all of our podcasts on the Dive Network is making your summer a little bit more enjoyable and bearable. And while this may sound like a very standard greeting at this point, we really, truly, truly hope that you guys are doing well. And we hope that you're wearing masks. Yeah, that's a no-brainer, okay? Because, you know, this week on Commit or Quit, we are joined by a very special guest. And this is actually the first episode where we discussed an animation so for those of you who are into this anime uh, type of TV show format, <laughs> this episode should be right up your alley. Yeah, you know what? Like I've, you know, admittedly never really watched anime. I've never really gotten into anime, but um, I got a good feeling about this one. And, you know, our our guest today, he's a super talented, uh, good-looking Filipino-Canadian dude. His name is Manny Jacinto. A lot of you guys may know him from uh, his role as Jason Mendoza on NBC's metaphysical sitcom The Good Place with Kristen Bell and Ted Danson. Yeah. Right? It's Ted Danson, right? Ted Danson. There's… Yes. Yeah. And, you know, just overall, Manny is just a great guy. And and The Good Place is a great show. And we're actually going to seek to cover that in the next couple of weeks. But… Um, I hope you guys enjoy this episode. It was a pleasure speaking with him. And yeah, Manny was a great guy. Yeah, Manny's a great guy. We talked about a little bit about you know what his new projects are. We talked about Tom Cruise. We talked about his up and coming uh, new Hulu series. A lot of cool things, and um, things got a little deep here and there. Yeah, exactly. Right? No, yeah, we're nothing wrong with getting a little deep. We need more deep conversations these days. But anyways. Uh, here it is. Here's our episode with Manny Jacinto. Enjoy. Enjoy. Hey, uh, what do you want to watch? I don't know. Oh, I actually heard this is really good. What do you say? Should we commit or quit? All right, ladies and gentlemen, we are joined today by a very special guest. His name is Manny Jacinto. Manny, what's up? How are you, dude? Okay, good. How are you guys? Good. We're good. You are currently calling us from where? 
Uh, I'm in Sydney right now. In Australia, Sydney, Sydney Australia. Awesome. Yeah, yeah. How are you? How are you doing down there? What's what have you been up to down there? Um, nothing much. Kind of just stuck doing nothing really. Um, waiting to <laughs> to work. Um, been playing uh-huh. a lot of video games. Playing a lot nice. of Switch, which is not good, but passes my time. Reading a lot. Just doing what yeah. I can. Cool. Yeah, um. Well, thanks for making time joining us. We're excited to to have you on the show. Of course. Um. We, you know, you're from Canada, I guess, but you were born and raised in the Philippines, in Manila. What what age did you go over to to Canada? I was I was born in the Philippines on uh, Manila, and then I went over to to Vancouver, or specifically, more specifically, Richmond, British Columbia, uh, when I was three. So I was still okay. pretty young. Yeah. Um, yeah. So Canada is kind of all I know, and then I ended up moving to LA. Just four or five years ago. Oh, okay. Oh, that's so pretty fairly recent. recent. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, are you guys are American, right? Or or kind of yes. dual? We're American. Um, <laughs> so yeah, we're American. We're born and raised in Atlanta. But yeah, man, you got two Georgia boys here. Um, then we all went to Boston for college. And then Erickson sold full-time. And then I live in LA full-time. Just here visiting some family. Yep. Nice. All right. You have any yeah, I need a, I got a sister over in Seattle, um, but yeah, that's about it. Um, yeah, we, we. I guess I never thought we would have made a shift over, but yeah, we both ended up in America. Yeah, <laughs> not that. The, not that that's a bad thing, but we're like, yeah, it's uh, it's, it's surprising. <laughs> they breached right, the yeah. wall into America. Yeah, um, I mean, it's it's here, not easy. It's like, yeah. oh man, getting over here is is tough. Um, yeah. yeah, what is, I mean, you know, we're, we were born and raised in the States, but like, what was it like having to, getting to the States, I guess, like as an adult, right? If you moved over five years ago, is that a crazy you, process? Um, on paper, you, it's literally, this is what it says. You have to prove that you're the top 5% in your field, in your country. Um, okay. for whatever you're trying to get into. So if you want to be, if you want to go to the States and be an actor, you have to prove to the U.S. government that you're in the top 5% percentile oh, okay. um, through the like visa package. So it's uh-huh. like, you got to come up with all this evidence and like reference letters and, and press um, and just all of this proof to to prove to the U.S. government that you're legitimately talented in what you do, um, and then you get a th- a three year visa to work only wow. in that field, though. So then, like, you can't uh-huh. if you get a visa as a as an actor, you can't go. To, I can't go to Starbucks and you know make a living and pay rent if I'm not you know doing my other oh. main gig. So it's. Yeah, it's crazy. Um, but you so, know, people do question: it. How did you prove that you're in the top five percent of actors in all of Canada? How did that work? My case was a bit, and I don't exactly like telling this story because it's because I got really lucky. But mm. it was because of like through the audition of The Good Place that right. um, NBC was like, "Hey, we want this guy." Let's get him a visa and let's get him into the States to work. But it's not 
that's not always the case. So mm-hmm. I got really, uh, yeah, really lucky. That's awesome, though. I mean, you know, I, I was reading up a little bit on your on your background and stuff, and um, you have a degree in civil engineering, um, which is quite different from. I'm sure it comes in very handy when you're acting, um, but oh yeah, yeah, all the time, <laughs> right? Um, I guess like was was acting and being in film or TV always a goal or passion of yours? Like how how did you make that transition from? civil engineering grad to acting uh, it's just weird to say but it's like the job walkies man <laughs> really <laughs> it's like yeah um i think it kind of just comes down to that just like seeing those guys like particularly uh-huh. asian faces on tv and like dancing and being like hey i like doing like i would love to do that that i think that's super cool mm-hmm. let's take a dance class. And then just from that little piece of curiosity, I went from, yeah, studying civil engineering during the day to taking classes at night to like living completely two different lives, um, which was, yeah, which was a great time. So it wasn't Um, much, I guess, until like a bit later in your life where you were kind of like, hey, this is something I want to consider. Oh, Um, yeah. I was, I think I was like 19, 20. I was pretty mm -hmm. old. Yeah. What was your what was your first break or like what was, you know, your idea of like, you know what, this is something that I could actually try and pursue? I th- I think it was literally just just taking that first class. Like it's mm-hmm. so like corny or cheesy to say, but like taking that first dance class that I did and and just sucking, like failing hard and like, <laughs> you know, looking like a complete idiot, but getting one single move and it feeling so good I was just like I'm hooked it was literally just like a taste of what could be and I followed that feeling and uh, and just kept going with it which was yeah which was nuts um because never like I don't I didn't I don't have any family members in the industry I don't have any close friends in who are who are artists um mm-hmm. it kind of just like it was the first thing that I chose to do for myself and mm-hmm. it, I guess it's been paying off for now. Dude, so that's we'll awesome. See. I got a quick question. So the Jabwalkies, you discovered them, was it on YouTube or America's Best Dance Crew? It was on America's Best Dance Crew. Yeah. Wow. Just seeing those guys. Yeah. It was like the right time and like it was crazy. It was just curious about it. And it yeah, it just fueled something in me to be like, hey, let's let's try that. I guess the, the um, ironic thing about that is like they're all faceless, right? They all wear their masks, but yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> knowing behind there, they're like Asian Americans running it. That's pretty totally. Neat. And the fact, yeah, and, the, and like the fact that they were like the top, you know, that they were highly skilled in what they were doing, like it definitely gave me a sense of pride. No, I completely agree with you. I remember watching that and be like, yo. Asians are killing it on this show. Asians were yeah. killing America's Best Dance for <laughs> ABDC, and they were killing YouTube. They were we were just everywhere for like you yeah. know the few years. We're like, yo, gotta check out the Asian homies doing their thing. And uh, I remember that distinctly. And there was like a big phase of everybody wanting to be like the Jabberwockies or you know one of those dance groups, Kaba Modern or whatever the, on those shows. So I completely, yeah, I relate yeah. with you on that. 
Um, yeah, it's yeah. I mean, during the, especially during that time, there weren't there weren't any storylines that were, you know, Asian centric, and this it was through dance that they were able to tell their own story, which I found really mm-hmm. dope. Yeah. So what? How did you? You know, you get into act. You started. You got into it because you were interested in dancing and hip hop. Um, yeah. And then it led into acting. Like, did you just start going out for auditions? Um, how did, did you just kind of stumble into that? What happened? Just started taking classes. Um, Vancouver uh-huh. is known for being like the Hollywood North. So oh, okay. Um, there's a lot of productions that go on up there, like a lot of CW stuff mm-hmm. um, and a lot of a lot of different productions. Uh, so it's easy. It's I think it's easier to kind of get your foot in um, foot in the door in Vancouver than it is in mm-hmm. L.A. Whereas because it's such a bigger pool in L.A. and everybody's trying to figure out how to do this thing. And it, it's so expensive to take classes. And when you're in classes, there's so many people. But in Vancouver, like it's very um, it's close knit. You know, there's a smaller pond and a, a good amount of opportunity to to kind of get your foot in the door. So, I mean, location being living in Vancouver was a, a huge advantage and and having that dad dance background was really was really a huge advantage too. Mm. Um, but I really just took acting classes because I wanted to improve my stage performance with dance, like my oh. persona uh, on stage. So, but then I just found this crazy thing that um, that felt really good. So I just pursued that. Um, yeah, it was all just based on feeling, which is weird. Man, how'd awesome. your parent? How'd your parents feel about all of this? Oh, they were not. No, they were not having it. <laughs> just like every other Asian parent. But like to them, it's it's like, hey, um, I like I gave them that you know that piece of paper. I was like, I'll finish school, get that done. And just give me some time to do this. Give me like five years to do this. And then if I'm in the exact same spot, then I'll reconsider my path. Mm. Yeah. There you go. That's Gotta cool. have a backup plan. <laughs> Gotta show yeah, some exactly. sort of insurance. Always. <laughs> always. Yeah. always. God. Yeah. Um, yeah. How, how about so, you, Eric? Was that, was that, your, was, yeah. <laughs> I, uh, yeah, I got a job in consulting at Deloitte. And uh, oh, shit. I had all that locked down and I, I was like, I think I want to take a year off before I start because I'd always been passionate about two things, about service work and then music. And I'd never really been able to pursue them head on. And so once I had the diploma, I had the job, I was like, yo, I'm going to go try this thing for a year. And a year later, you know, I'll I'll come back. And it just so happened that I I got on this TV show, kind of like American Idol, and then life happens. I quit my job and been in Korea since 2011. Which is Holy so shit. long. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, but uh, that's, it's that's kind of crazy how, how life is, you know? Absolutely. There's like, um, there's like a common thread amongst a lot of our guests, right? Um, right. Like even from Simu uh, to Ronnie Chang being a, an attorney. It's like you had to do everything that your parents wanted you to do. But at a certain point, you've got to take your own path and just take that risk. And, you know, luckily it's panned out. Do you know what's interesting yeah. though? I feel like part of that is is like our genera- our age, around our age, we're probably that perfect in-between between like first generation immigrant parents 
and then like just full on, mm. you know, second second third generation Asian American. And so we have to we are in that phase of like we have to do both. So we have to be able to convince our par- parents that we can't do this and then stay true to our more American or Canadian western selves. Um but I think like by the time we have kids it won't matter. It'll be like, "Eh, whatever. I'm just going to be an actor from age 10." You know? That's kind of what I'm hoping for. I yeah, I could definitely see that. But I mean, at the end of the day, it's like I like having gone through a university that definitely instilled like a certain work ethic that mm-hmm. I need that I needed for for acting because it's mm-hmm. it's very it's like to me it's it's a it is a very like intrinsic thing but also a very um energy type or like there's a feeling aspect to it so like it kind of goes hand in hand and without having gone through university and like studying all that stuff I don't think I'd be able to do mm. what I'm doing now because it's you know it uses both brain both sides of the brain which is mm. yeah um, makes sense acting's hard i don't i i acting is i don't know how actors do it i'm going to just put it like that <laughs> i just i don't and, know uh, <laughs> I think you could do it, man. I think I think anybody could do it. It's just like a skill that Ooh. needs to be learned. Just like, oh, you know. But yeah. What's up, Committed Quit family? This is Eric here, and this week's episode of Committed Quit is supported by BetterHelp.com. Now, if you guys have been listening to Committed Quit or my music or my interviews, you guys know that I discuss mental health and my feelings and emotions pretty openly. And the reason I do that is because I think it's important to normalize discussions around it. Because for some reason, apparently, people just feel uncomfortable talking about it and sharing it. Now, I think it's important to normalize it, especially because early on in my career in Korea. You know, I wanted to go see a therapist about how I was feeling and it was very much frowned upon and I was discouraged from doing so. And that's why I'm really excited to share with you today's sponsor, our supporter, it's BetterHelp because they allow people to get access to therapy and counseling at any time from any place without having anybody know. So it's BetterHelp Better HELP is an affordable alternative to offline counseling and they also provide financial aid for people who need it. They have licensed professional counselors who are specialized in a ton of different areas from depression, stress, anxiety, relationships, sleeping, LGBT matters, grief, anger, etc., etc. Whatever you want to talk about, anything you're going through, they have the right person for you to talk to them about it. Now it's much more affordable and convenient than seeking somebody out in person especially during these times of coronavirus. In fact, some people are using it that they're hiring a lot more counselors. So, I speak a lot on living a healthy, happy, fulfilled life and I just want you to know that there are resources available for you to do so as well such as betterhelp.com. And as a listener of Commit or Quit, you can get 10% off your first entire month by visiting betterhelp.com/dive Studios. And you can join more than 1 million people who are taking charge of their mental health and happiness. That's BetterHelp. H E L P. betterhelp.com/divestudios for 10% off your first month. I just signed up to try it out and I just got a message so I'm just scheduling my my consultation, my counselor and I, I don't know what I'm going to talk about yet, but anyways, if you guys again are interested, check it out betterhelp.com/divestudios. Now back to this amazing show committed quit thanks um what so i mean i think a lot of people most of our fans probably will know you from the good place um i i believe there was five seasons right of that show four four seasons yeah four. yeah okay 
mm-hmm. four seasons of The Good Place. Um, what was it like kind of being… How What was it being on that show? How was that? It was probably the… Like the the best way to be introduced into Hollywood. Um, because, I mean, you hear all the horror stories of, you know, people being divas and and all the politics and, like, the harassments that are going on right now um, and people getting attacked. But, like, our show, it was... Our showrunner has this policy of... Um, a no asshole policy. So he definitely makes mm-hmm. sure that we all get along and, and that we, um, that everybody that he works with, whether it be the actors and the cameramen and the crew, they all have to be like good, genuine, decent people. Mm-hmm. Um, or else they're just, they're done. Um, so yeah, I mean, I looked out like they, it was a dream to work on that show for real. And I'm not just saying that, because I'm done. I could I could talk shit all day if if, if there was shit to talk about. But um, right, right. Like no, it was actually a dream to work on it. That's awesome. I mean, congratulations on that. I mean, I I haven't finished all four seasons yet, but it it is a very, it's like one of those steady, just feel good shows that I you can watch at any time, which I think is which is great. Um, Thanks, man. Uh, right. And I was also saying that you're working with. Uh, this dude, I think people have probably heard of. His name is, I think, Tom Cruise or something. Uh, in some <laughs> movie that's like supposed to be epic. Right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it rings a bell. I'm just not sure who, who I, he is. Though. I don't know, Tom. Yeah, I don't know. Um, but how are you guys some done with that? Here. Are you guys still shooting, or what's going on there? Um, yeah, we are. We're done. We we okay. stopped shooting. Like uh, I want to say sometime last year, uh, but because of you know. This whole quarantine situation, the right. premiere date's been uh, postponed further and further. Like it was actually supposed mm-hmm. to come out, I think, July of oh, 2020. Okay. Um, okay. And then it got pushed to Christmas of 2020. And then now it's next year. Um, oh, next summer. Yeah. That's… Jeez. It's brutal. Yeah. I mean, I, I want to add two questions. First, I guess working with Tom Cruise. Um, I don't. I obviously don't know much about your role or whatever, but I assume he's very hands-on with his films and what he does. Yeah, yeah. Um, I mean, he's. I mean, he's intense, man. Like he's. Uh, he doesn't expect anything less uh, from his actors, from his crew. Like he's, and he's like, he's kind of everywhere. He's like the actor. He's a director. He's like, he's doing everything, because um, it's his baby. Like, mm. um. There's there's no reason for him to to slack. Top Gun was the reason why he, uh, no pun intended, flew to the stars. He, mm-hmm. you know, it's what kind of made his career. So, right. uh, what he's behind Top Gun, he's definitely trying to produce something that people haven't seen before. And and now, kind of knowing Tom, he's yeah not going to disappoint. So yeah, I mean, I I can't say much, but yeah. but he's yeah he's just on another. <laughs> well, I'm level excited. Body. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> He's yeah, the real a, deal. He's the real deal. I recently I'm just excited. watched a movie called like The Edge of Tomorrow. It was yeah. on oh, Netflix. Yeah. Have yeah. you guys seen it? Yeah, I have. It's yeah. it's pretty like it's pretty crazy. And and I thought it was interesting in that role that like he had to play this guy who was uh like nerdy and has never fought and this untrained, you know, 
publicist essentially. But in yeah. my head, I'm like, dude, he is such a badass. And everything that he's played, like this is so unbelievable. <laughs> you know what I mean? I mean, uh, yeah. And there's like, you can't, there aren't any more movie stars. Like he's right. as relevant today as he was 30 years ago. Mm. Like, and you can't say that right. for a lot of people. Right. Um, yeah. So he's, yeah, he's a, he's a rarity. I mean, I'd he's say a, the same, yeah. Yeah. same thing in, uh, in music right now. It's really mm. hard to come across like legends anymore. You know, it was like so bottlenecked, especially in Hollywood or in the music industry that yeah, uh, yeah. You know, now there's so many different forms of content, so many people buying, so many new actors. But I mean, when it comes to a Tom Cruise, I mean, this is like, he's like a Michael Jackson type of figure when it comes to film, you know? Yeah. So And he's still alive and kicking and going. And he does, yeah. he's not going to stop. That's the crazy uh, thing. The dude is not going to stop. Yeah, I, I, yeah, I really don't like unless he, I don't know, something happens. Like fingers crossed, nothing happens. But unless something happens on a set, that guy is not going to stop. But um, in terms of like, yeah, like working out and stuff. Like the first time, once I got word that that I was going to be on that in that movie, I just headed straight to the gym. I was like, there's going to be some sort of scene. Where we all have to take our shirts off and stuff. Um, not that, yeah, no spoiler alert or nothing or like fingers. Yeah. 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 But it's literally Just the a, first that's place a safe, I went. safe assumption, I would say. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> that's awesome. Um, Very cool. Yeah. Congratulations on that. Thanks. Awesome. Dude. You're joining us on the show called Commit or Quit. And as, uh, our listeners, most of them know already. If you're not, if you're listening for the first time, uh, we pretty much have our guests bring on a show, movie, or whatever, and we talk about it, and we decide if we love it and we're going to commit to it, or we hate it and we're going to quit it. And it's because there's so much content out there. We got to have a good. We got to curate well for our people. Now, uh, recently, we've had some reviews where people get really upset that we decided to quit a show. This, I'm just going to go ahead and say it. This is purely our opinion. If we don't like a show, we have a right to not like a show. So That's don't right. get on what our shows. Have you guys, have you guys nixed? Because because our entire review is based off the first two episodes, right? The premise Got is it. that we don't want to go through an entire season to decide if we like this or not. So it's you get two episodes, and if it sucks, then we're out. Maybe. So That's it's like there's some dramas we've seen uh, that were just like so bad that. Eric and I would avoid contact with each other. We just would not want to record the episode because we're just like we have nothing to we have nothing good to say. But it ends up being really? like a really really good episode. Um, but you know, I think like the way we arranged it over the last two months, we hit like six rom coms, and we're just like mm. this is too much. And we have we have dramas that are like top tier. You know, undeniably yeah. great writing, like. Everybody's raving about it. And then they're, you know, tier two, tier three. And we have no patience for that shit. <laughs> Get that out of here. <laughs> We're getting Time recommendations. Is the most precious thing. Exactly. And these it days is. are long. You can't get that back. They're like an hour yeah. and a half each episode. So anyways, Attack on Titan. 25-minute episodes. Fantastic length. <sighs> I love it. Yeah. I, I, I was like… I. I, you know, we could jump into it. We're going to jump into it. It's called Attack on Titan. So Manny brought it to us. Before we jump into it, uh, can you just kind of preface for us why you chose this this show? Um, 
I mean, I don't watch a lot of TV. Mm-hmm. Uh, and when I get into something, I really get into something. And with this show, with this anime, I remember just binging at least the first season over a weekend. And there's, I think, oh, wow. like 35 episodes. <laughs> so, and I never, I never really, I've never done that before. I've, I think the last time I've done that was like with, I can't even remember, but I just, I was just hooked. I couldn't stop mm-hmm. watching it because every episode ends on a cliffhanger. Um, yeah. And it just ends on something that just pulls you in. And I just needed to know what was hap- what was going to happen next. And it's, yeah, like in terms of like a, a, bin- a show that I binge, like this is probably the one and only that I've, I've done that to, I think. Um, or at least All that right. I could remember. Okay, um, well, I'm excited to talk about this with you. Um, just a reminder to our listeners, there are spoilers for the first few episodes because... Obviously, we have to talk about the show. The show is called Attack on Titan. In Japanese, I'm going to butcher the pronunciation, but it's Shingeki no Kyojin. And it is a Japanese dark fantasy anime adapted from an award-winning manga by Hajime Isayama. And the TV series written by Yasuko Kobayashi and Hiroshi Seko. And the first season was released in 2013. And the final season is rumored to air at the end of this year. And it's available on Netflix. So, Eddie, go ahead. Please share with us the Netflix synopsis. With his hometown in ruins, young Aaron Yeager becomes determined to fight back against the giant titans that threaten to destroy the human race. Dun, dun, dun. All right. So just a quick <laughs> reference for our listeners. There's the main protagonist is Aaron Yeager. He is a teenager. He's like this super, super... How do you say this? Hot-headed. I think kind of narcissist. I don't know yet, but there's a sense of narcissism that I, I get from the first two episodes where he's just, everything is about how he sees the world. Um, and then there's his friend slash adopted sister, Mikasa Ackerman. Um, and then Hans. Hannes? Hans? I don't know. I'm... I don't know. My pronunciation might be weird. Yeah. But it's Aaron's family friend and a soldier at the gate. So there's a bunch of characters. But Aaron and Mikasa, I think, for the first two episodes are the most important. Um, so here's a quick breakdown of the plot. Pretty much, they live in this district called Shiganshina District. And pretty much, they live in this world where there are three ringed walls where all the human population lives. Because outside of these three walls… There are these monstrosity, huge, big-ass monster things, humanoid creatures that eat people for the fun of it because they're just messed up in that way. And so they're all living in these three concentric circles and they're supposed to be protected. Not a single titan has been able to breach these walls in over a hundred years. And so everybody's calm. Everybody's like very lackadaisical about it. And oh, what do you know? First episode, (laughs) the Titans come bashing in the walls. They're going to start eating people. And then Aaron's mom gets straight up eaten. And uh, they all start escaping. And uh, over the first two episodes, it's like, a quick progression of a few years where Aaron goes from this young teenager and his his friend slash sister Mikasa. They go from young teenager to young adults who are 
all they're thinking about is getting revenge on Titans and becoming soldiers to fight Titans. Um, that's pretty much how I see the first two episodes. Eddie, Manny, did I miss anything? Anything massive I'm missing here? Um, I think the one thing that stands out is uh, I think there's one more character, Armin. He's like the blonde-headed one. Ah, right. Yeah. Um, yeah. That that's a bit of a, like a part of the group. But other than that, you nailed it, man. It's yeah. That's kind of yes. the summary of the Attack on Titan. Um, yeah. I mean, yeah. What do you guys think? Like, all right. I'm I've, I'm done the third season. I just finished actually last night. Um, so oh. I'm. Yeah. Uh, well, what do you, what do you guys have have to say, Eric? Why don't you go first? <laughs> uh, all right. So I've never, I the last like anime that I've seen is like Pokemon. Okay, so it's been a minute since I've seen anything that's animated that's not like a Disney film. Um, I, I don't know why. Like I maybe in my head, in my perception, in my worldview, like anime seems very like so otherworldly to me that I've never like had I don't know I've never been curious to click through um I've always just like actors and like you know true life kind of stuff so I had like low expectations when I started to be very blunt and honest but I liked it a lot I'll just go ahead and throw it out there I personally liked it um like you were saying there's a lot of like there's a lot of cliffhanging at the end of each episode. And a lot of parallels that we can pull from this show and life right now. And so I don't know about you, but like everything that I watch these days, I'm like, oh my gosh, how does this relate to my life and coronavirus? Why do I, why am I so scared of everything? <laughs> That's where I'm at. Mm-hmm. Right. But um, yeah, yeah. there's definitely a lot of great themes that we can jump into. But my first, my first reception was. Uh, perception was oh this is pretty solid and then the other thing was like man I can't believe that people draw all this stuff people sit there and draw this stuff by hand right or mm-hmm. whatever that's crazy so that was me. yeah Eddie how about you yeah just to just to echo you I mean I don't really watch so much anime either I think I did a lot in in middle school um, however I mean it was really apparent to me when I when I turned it on like the animation was like a little bit darker you know, the music was like extremely serious. Even uh, the lyrics and the theme song. So it set the table for something pretty epic. And obviously when you see whatever these titans are. And as you can if you guys are watching the Zoom highlight. I have a photo of one of these titans in the background. Um, they're terrifying. You know, they're t- terrifying. Uh, they're huge. They just eat people. There are just so many, so many questions. I have that need to be solved because the first two episodes, like things are just happening. You're just thrown into this like dumpster <laughs> fire and you're like, holy shit, like what like who is this like why is this like like perverted <laughs> old man looking giant? Like, you know, why do they look this way? And what are these yeah. things? And <laughs> to Eric's point earlier about our protagonist, Aaron, like, yeah, he's narcissistic and He's very self-centered, but his mom just got eaten, bro. Like his dude, (laughs) he's going through some things. And so it's setting up for a nice revenge story. But there are just so many things in this world I don't understand. And so I just have to keep watching. So 
<laughs> uh, you know, thank you for picking this. Like, it's definitely looped my brain quite a bit. I um, mean, I'm. I don't like. I like, like just like you guys. I don't watch any. The last anime I watched is probably yeah, uh, Pokemon or maybe Dragon Ball when I was like in oh, seventh mm. grade or something. But yeah, this is. I don't know how I fell upon this. I think it was just because it was on Netflix, and I was yep. like looking through through it, and then I just. So I think a buddy of mine mentioned it. And I was like, okay, let's let's see what this is all about. And because it's only what 25 35 minutes like it's a quick binge like okay i like i'm not gonna you know i'm not gonna be in it for that long if it's if it sucks um but no they hooked you like right in the first episode and i just kept kept going um and yeah man like you said eddie like there's so many questions that need to be answered um that compels you to keep watching which is just uh just a skill to like really great storytelling i think right Exactly. <laughs> I'm, I'm sorry. I just like I, I remember seeing this on Netflix. And I was like, there's no way in hell I'm going to watch this thing. Like it's been on Netflix since 2013. Yep. And I'm yeah. like, ev- it's always been on the front page. I'm like, I'm not watching this thing. It looks weird. And I don't like these creature looking things. And I'm just not, I'm not about it. But I'm here I am watching it. I'm already... I've already gone past the two episodes. I'm just going to go ahead and let everybody know who's listening. I've already, I've already kind of committed. And like you're saying, it's great because it's like 25, 30 minutes and I'm not going to fear. Like I could stop and watch it anytime. So it's great. Right. Um, so I guess like one thing that, you know, some of the things that we could talk about. One thing is just like the idea of complacency. And I think that was like one of the first things that the show starts off it, with is when Aaron's like freaking out. He's like, we're going to have these monsters show up and they're going to eat us, but all these soldiers are being complacent. Um, yeah, yeah. And also just like, also the parallel to kind of real life events where it's be it like climate change or the global pandemic or wealth disparity. There's just like so many different things that I felt was very current and resonated with society today. Was there anything for you, Manny, watching it? Like, obviously this is an anime, so maybe not. And we might be forcing a little bit, but you know, having watched all three seasons, what are, what is like a theme, a larger thing that you think this show really does well at hitting on? I mean, yeah, just to repeat what you said, you kind of, I, I didn't even, I didn't even, I didn't even think about it until you kind of mentioned it, but like the whole complacency, the, the idea of complacency with the soldiers just being, uh, just being, just, just doing their job for the sake of doing their job, but not really being prepared. And that's kind of exactly what happened with when the pandemic hit, where people were just being <laughs> complacent. And they're like, don't worry, it's going to go away. Like, it'll be fine. Like, this will, this isn't, like, every, everything is good. Um, and then shit hits the fan. And there's no turning back. Um, and then you live in a hotel room for, for two weeks. Um, <laughs> but... Uh, it's uh yeah it's uh it's crazy that's definitely a huge parallel to what we're going through right now um and yeah. as as you keep watching because I can't spoil anything further but there are definitely a lot of a lot of parallels to what's happening with like the the movement with the BLM movement happening right now and also with you know that there's a lot of things that we can compare yeah um further down the road and even the the first episode, it starts off with 
a massive titan. So just like a, just a giant, like skyscraper type of beefy man coming and climbing <laughs> over this wall that they said, hey, this is like 500 meters tall. Nobody's penetrated this in over a hundred years. We're fine. Yeah. Okay. And just like the pandemic and any other thing like climate change, like it takes like a natural disaster, like a hurricane or a massive tornado or something crazy that will affect your day-to-day life for people to react. Like, so when this monster breaks through the wall and you got all these people in this little village looking up at them, they're like, holy shit, it's here. It's like the same thing as coronavirus. It's like, yeah, we know they're out there. It's out there, but who really cares? Like, we're fine. We're fine. We're fine. It's only hitting Asia. And then before you know it, it's like, wow, this is really bad in New York. And then we're in a frenzy with zero backup plan. And seeing that was just like infuriating and then also struck a nerve in me where I'm like, oh my God, this is just like human nature. And we're seeing it played out in the worst way possible in this show. For sure. And like when you, if you stick, stick through the journey, like, and especially if, you know, you're really passionate about something and you're pursuing something like, I think anybody could relate like with the main character, um, with Aaron, you, you relate to his need to become something, to become like a soldier or to become a fighter and whatnot. And like, for me, I related to that, like with wanting to become an artist, an actor or a dancer and whatnot. So I could see like the passion that he had and that that really struck a chord with me to, to really stick to, to really stick with the show. Right. Mm. Exactly. To that point about the perseverance and overcoming adversity, which at least from what we've seen in the first two episodes seems a very central theme here. You know, like you see that something horrible like this happens and it, and it affects a guy like, uh, Aaron very very personally so like his life's work and his his goal is to get revenge on these things so like anything even again relating it back to real life it's like something tragic happens to you and affects you personally then you know it will create these warriors or these people that are going to fight for social justice and fight against climate change and we need people like that we need more Aaron's in the world that are going to be like hey like this is effed up and it needs to change. I think until it affects somebody personally, uh, maybe it is just human nature to just ignore it. Mm. You know what I mean? I don't know. Yeah, no, that's fair. Yeah. Um, yeah, it's like unless it happens to you or your family. Like, do, you, do y'all have anybody that's been affected directly with, with COVID? I mean, I know a lot of people who had it, who have had it. Um, and I think Eddie, yeah. you know some people who've had like family members pass away, right? Yeah. Actually, I do I know have. some people actually. Yeah, recently uh, a couple of my friends actually, their grandparents have passed away from COVID. And then like sure. being in Georgia, it's like we're all young. You kind of feel invincible. And even though people are like taking all the proper precautions, still like a few people within my circle have gotten COVID and have had to mm. make the rounds and, and call people and say like, yeah. You know, some from my work had it, blah, blah, blah. And so like, oh, sure. people, even like our parents or our grandparents, like the people that are probably even more affected by this, they don't really acknowledge it until it becomes a reality, right? Like, totally. oh, so-and-so's uncle passed away and then it hits closer to home and thinking, 
okay, maybe I should acknowledge this thing and 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 be more careful. But it's like this constant thing of out of sight, out of mind. It is like this invisible thing where you don't have like a, you know, a red marking on your chest saying, I have COVID. It, and that's what's yeah. so, so difficult right now. There are no real penalties either. So people are just going to keep living their life. I mean, I'm going down a downward spiral. No, 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 we got <laughs> to stop this guy here. Yeah. Uh, otherwise, yeah. he's going to go on yeah. for 30 minutes about how yeah. much he, yeah. how upset yeah. he is, which I, yeah. I understand. And I agree with you wholeheartedly. Yeah. Is, uh, Stay on track. <sighs> yeah. Um, <laughs> I guess when it comes to complacency, though, like one thing that I was thinking about, like, and I had this discussion a few days ago, actually, is like, I get very nervous when I'm complacent. I like, I wish I was okay with being complacent. I truly do. But my personality does not allow me to feel comfortable. If I feel comfortable, that makes me uncomfortable. Like, and, and a part of me is like, there's got to be a condition or something in my head where I'm like, this is a problem. But like, do any of you guys have that? Like, I, I straight up have it. Do you think that that comes from uh, like genetically? Is that you or is that, do you think that comes from how you were raised? I think it comes from how I was raised and my life experiences. Um, mm. And I think part of it is like, I've always, if I'm not busy, if I'm not like doing something different constantly, uh, yeah. I've always felt like I'm going to be left behind or I'm not going to be able to fit in or I'm not going to be able to get ahead. And that's kind of what has fueled so much, not j- even through college and then post like my career, everything. People are always like, why do you do so much? But I'm like, I don't know. Maybe there's a word for it. Maybe there's a condition for it. But I'm like terrified of complacency. Um, and it's exhausting. <laughs> no, that's fair, man. Like I, I mean, I'd like to think that I'm the same. Like I can't, like I'm, I have the mentality that if I'm, you know, asleep, if I'm like not working on something else, if I'm not bettering myself, somebody else is going to take my spot. Mm. Um, And I don't know if that comes from like playing sports when I was Mm, younger or like, you know, going through, going through dance or just maybe just being a competitive person. But like, I always feel like there's somebody coming up right behind me that if, if I'm not working on, on, whatever it may be, like if I'm not studying, if I'm not learning a different skill that I can apply to acting later on, like I know that somebody else is going to take my spot. And it's, Mm. it's like, I don't know if it comes from a sense of fear. It probably is like a sense of fear and, and like, and and like being afraid to disappoint, you know? Uh, Um, yeah, but I totally get that, man. Like I, yeah, I try not to be complacent because yeah, I want to keep going. Yeah. That's, and I also think life. it comes from, yeah. <laughs> I also think it comes from like, I think from an early age, I really like not to get, I mean, not to get so like down a spiral or too deep, but like I, I, I really committed to, to like living. <laughs> if that's, if that's like, if that makes any sense. Like I, I remember specifically like when I was younger and like this really sucks to say, but like seeing old like old people, like seniors, like mm-hmm. in wheelchairs or like my grandparents on their bed and just kind of just dying and being like, fuck, mm-hmm. like I don't 
I'd rather, you know, live a full life to and and die at like 40 or 50 than, you know, just live a long life of doing nothing and mm. live until I'm 100. Like, mm. yeah. But I don't know. Maybe that's. I mean, yeah. I, I think, I think what neat. you just said right there is very bring it back to the show, that's kind of like this protagonist Aaron's mentality too, right? He's like, I want to live and go be beyond the wall. I want to experience everything that there right. is for me. Even if it might kill me, even if it might be terrifying, I'd rather be proactive about it. Um, and And tying that to what you just said, like I read that you're actually, you consider yourself like a thrill seeker. Um, and I think like in a certain way, like to be pursuing acting and to pu- have pursued dancing, like absolutely that that is in it as well. But are there particular uh, other sports or interests that really, you know, drive you to follow them or anything that you've explored for just for the seeking thrills? Um, I mean, I mean, other than like… Because the, the arts world was completely unknown to me. Because mm-hmm. like I said, nobody, I didn't have anybody to kind of get advice from or get mentorship from. So that was a huge step. And I just, I just remember like maybe studying for an exam and like being able to see every stage of my life, like mm-hmm. of getting a job as an engineer getting married, working there for 30 years, retiring and then dying and being like, fuck that. That can't be it. I can't just do that. And like a switch just came off for me. Um, Yeah. Eric, you've also been quite, you've been pretty vocal about that. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I had to, because my thing was pretty clear. I was like, okay, if I take this job, chances are, by the time I'm like 20, what you graduated 22, right? Okay. By 25, 26, I'll have, I'll be off to get my MBA. I'll probably come back to consulting because it'll pay for my MBA. And then I'm going to be yeah. 30. And then I'm going to be married with kids, which is fine. That's like nothing, nothing wrong with that. But I'll probably totally. just be working there with like the golden handcuffs kind of thing, feeling like I have to work at that company or some similar company to provide for our family and like, having missed out on things that I would be really passionate about, such as music or, you know, film, TV or anything else. And so I completely hear you on that. Like, yeah. Yeah. I mean, I've been taking the time just, you know, during quarantine, during this new time, I've been going through my iCloud and just looking at all the touring videos and Eric going to like Dubai and, touring Europe and Australia and all these crazy places and you're just like what an amazing what an amazing job and 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 like occupation in some ways like yes i think everybody works hard it's just like what can you work hard in that makes you feel validated and and you derive meaning from as well and just like you take a step back you're playing a show in like Florence and you're like you got to just take a moment and be like, this is pretty damn cool, you know? Mm. Um, and so, yeah, I think that all being stripped away makes this a lot more difficult at the moment. But mm. yeah, I, I see it with a lot of Asian, Asian Americans, Asian Canadians. It's just like, we know exactly what our parents wanted, but you still went left. 
because you just had to. So what I will say though, is that with like going back to the complacency idea and like wanting more and more that I needed to check myself because I would find myself not being present. If that makes any sense. Cause like, cause like with, with what you're saying, Eddie, like, you know, reminiscing and like going back to seeing all these great things that I've done or that you've done. Like mm -hmm. I would notice that I'd be on a job and like, I wouldn't be happy. I wouldn't be satisfied. I, cause I was always looking for the next thing. Mm. So then I really needed to be like, I need to, I needed to change something in my head and be like, Hey, it's okay to be here right now and enjoy what you're doing. Mm -hmm. And you can worry about that next thing later, mm -hmm. but just make sure that you celebrate what you've accomplished or what you are accomplishing right now, because it's, that's going to be a never ending cycle. Mm. So that is like the downfall of not being complacent is always wanting more, right. you know, right. and not being present. I, I completely hear you on that. I think that if anything, like coronavirus has, has forced me to think of that even more like, cause we have time and we're just like, what are like, I'm sure for all of us here, we've gone through the past 10 years since post-grad just being like, all right, let's sprint. Let's freaking go. Like build, yeah, yeah. build, build, be everywhere, do everything. And I look back and I'm like, when did I even do this? Like, I don't even remember doing this. Like, but apparently I did do a show in Dubai. Apparently I did do this thing in Kenya or Uganda or whatever. Like those are things that, you know, looking back, you're like, ah, oh, man, I wish I could have enjoyed it a little more um but it's totally. it's kind of like the it's a downfall it's the flaw in in being as proactive as we are um i had mm. a friend the other night he was like i didn't see him in a while and he was like dude whenever i hang out with you like we end up talking about work why is that mm. i was like probably because i'm always like trying to figure out what's next and it made me sad for a minute because I'm like, man, like, why do I feel like I'm living this? I don't want to say a rat race, but like this hyperactive life. But yeah. it's hard for you to kind of snap out of that. Like, how have you managed or I don't if you have, how have you managed to kind of take a step back or have other things that have allowed you to be more present or certain practices or anything like that? Um, I would actually say I owe a lot to my fiance. Um, mm. my fiance, Diane, Diane Doan, cause she is definitely one to, I mean, she does have the whole, like what's next thing, but she's definitely forced me to, to be like, Hey, let's enjoy this. Let's celebrate this. Like from the smallest things of not small things, but like from like us, an example is, is like the show going to Comic-Con. Mm. Um, like the, for the first time we got to go to Comic-Con, like I was, I was so worried about what, what we were going to say, what we were going to do the next day and, and how, how we were going to be perceived. And if, you know, if we were going to have any fans, but she like forced me to, to be like, Hey, this is, it's just amazing that you're here. And, and there are people that support you and there are fans here that want to see you like, just enjoy that. Don't worry about, you know, what what the next day is going to be like just enjoy it and be here because this is an opportunity that a lot of people don't get to do um so i owe that yeah i owe a lot of it to, to her because she's mm -hmm. yeah she's been a huge proponent to that and also meditating 
Meditating is mm. huge. Um, taking the time to just, you know, figure out what's going on with myself and and just calm my thoughts. It's it's a mm. it's a big thing. Yeah, that's great. Um, yeah, that makes sense. I have, Eric. I have have you guys? Um, similar to you, Manny. I I I just got married, so I do have like an anchor that is actually not in entertainment at all. Besides, congrats. Knowing. Thank you, thank you. Um, but she knows everything about it because of all the conversations with my brothers and my clients. But um, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's, it's great to have somebody that can just reset it and be like, dude, like at the end of the day, this isn't like life or death. Just take a step back. Enjoy yeah, yeah. the fact that you're here and you're at Coachella and all these things. And mm-hmm. having that reset button, having that different perspective, it, it, it definitely helps, you know. And, and you're working for something outside of yourself so mm-hmm. um I, I understand there too but eric what about you i mean i know your day-to-day schedule i when when <laughs> many said meditation i was like dang that could be really good for eric but then i'm also like dude i don't know if you could calm yourself down you're like Here's a, my you're thing energizer with, bunny my thing with meditation is like with same with prayer i often find myself falling asleep when i meditate or pray like That's so, and then I feel really guilty about it. So <laughs> I have like this weird thing with like meditation and prayer, but I I don't know. I think the only thing that I've done, not even done, like I'm I try to do when it comes to trying to take things a day at a time is like right now it's like if and if and when somebody will just hit me up I was like, hey, do you want to grab a drink or do you want to grab a meal? Like before I'd be like, no, I'm busy. Now I'm just like, okay. If I have 30 minutes, if I have an hour, even that time, let's go. We'll go. We'll do it. And my friends, if they're doing a get-together, usually I'm always like, I can't go. But now it's like, be intentional in who you hang out with, where you, what you're doing. And when I'm there, even if I'm like, oh, I'm tired or like, I want to leave, I make it a point to think to myself like, but isn't it amazing that I have, you know, this group of friends or these people that I can spend time with or X, Y, Z. And that's kind of been, I think, the one thing that's allowed me to kind of calm down in some ways mm. and to put things in perspective. But um, yeah, I don't know. I I, I don't… I, I tell myself that like this is something that I'll like get through it. It's like a phase. But I also know that it's probably not. It's just the way I'm wired. <laughs> so Yeah. <laughs> I mean there's… Yeah, there's definitely different ways or different ways to meditate too. Like it doesn't necessarily have to be like sitting upright and like mm-hmm. in a silent like a meditation can come in the form of walking you know walking mm-hmm. outside for 10 minutes or mm-hmm. working out even I've, i found working out as you know being a some sort of meditative process or like i think with dance like dance has a meditative process to that like so it doesn't necessarily have to be you know breathing and mm-hmm. and and thinking about nothing but um, yeah. yeah. Like for me, like I can't, I can't just do it by myself. I'm always on an app. Like I use the Calm app to to guide me yeah. through meditation mm-hmm. for like ten minutes. But yeah, I mean, I also kind of got into it because I just, I'm like a, <sighs> I read a lot of nonfiction, so a lot of like self help mm. stuff, and I've just noticed a lot yeah. of. You know, a lot of CEOs and and people that have done extraordinary things i've noticed that they take the time to to meditate um right. before they 
they start their day. Mm-hmm. Um, right. But yeah. That's cool. Um, so, you know, we're already like an hour into our conversation. So we should probably slowly start <laughs> to wrap things up. I don't know how, <laughs> how that happened. Um, I feel like we just talked about normal things bros would talk about in a deeper Real fashion. <laughs> this is probably one of the more sincere episodes we've had on this entire season of the show. Um, but <laughs> Sorry, guys. <laughs> no, it's good because it's. I feel like that's part of the great thing about having guests is that we are able to dive into so many different topics in different ways. And that's why we love doing this. Um, so we appreciate, you know, not only the show that you chose, but also the conversations that we're having that are just more about life and how we lead it, which I think is great. And I think a lot of listeners can, they don't have to learn from, but they can, I'm sure anybody can appreciate listening to this kind of stuff. Um, but right. because we're talking about Commit Quit, and it, it is supposed to be about this, this amazing dark anime show, as we wrap it up, could you give our listeners your best argument for why they should watch Attack on Titan if they haven't done so already, if they're not convinced yet, why should they watch this? Uh, it's just incredible. Uh, to me, as whose whole life is committed to storytelling, mm. this is one of the few pieces of of narrative or art, whatever you want to call it, that is so masterfully done. Mm. Um, in, in the way it's being told, in the way it's being drawn, um, it's just everything. It's, it's like the parasite of anime. Um, oh. Yeah, that's, that's kind of my argument. It's Those are some the parasite of anime. Fighting bold words, sir. Yeah. Um, Thanks. Dang. But Eddie, what did you think? Are you going to commit or are you going to quit? Yeah, this is a it definitely commit for me. It's been a nice change of pace. Again, we haven't watched anime in so long. But the storytelling, it's like there are no boundaries to this because people are writing it from their imagination. It's not like, you know, it has to be confined to a certain setting. It's just so many unknowns. It's like pulsating action. You find out very, very quickly uh, why Aaron is becoming the way he is. And I just think like… Most importantly, I need to know why the Titans exist. I need to know why… That's what like, I'm saying. Yeah. Oh. And, and why some of these Titans look like these like perverted, crazy looking like… Just really uncomfortable, uh, you know, old like balding like Oompa Loompas that, you know, <laughs> need to get their shit kicked in. You know what I mean? Like with yeah, the grins yeah. on their faces. I'm just like, oh my God. Yeah. Like, and, and my last point is to Aaron, I really empathize with the guy because he's so young, right? He's like a 12 year old kid. But not only do people look at kids as like, you can't really do anything. You're just a kid. But the, the, the opponent, the opposition he's up against, they're giants. Like he literally cannot be more frustrated with his current yeah. situation. And I feel that because he can't go up and defeat these things on his… Even if he's a grown-ass man, these things are like 100 times bigger than him. So I'm just frustrated with him. And his mom got eaten. I love my mom, okay? So like, <laughs> there needs to be a solution and some revenge that uh. happens. 
So anyways, it's a commit for me. Word. Um, I, you know what? It's a commit for me too. I think part of it is like, look, the episodes are 25 to 30 minutes long, which is very doable. Like I could watch a few episodes a day and not feel guilty about having watched a majority, like a lot of it. Um, I think in terms of the story, it's like so… The story to me is David and Goliath with creepier things and otherworldly realities that I'm just curious about. Like for me, the entire time I was watching, it's like, who did what to come up with this idea and draw that? And mm-hmm. um, that's that's kind of what yeah, yeah. has me hooked. So I'm curious to see how they justify these creatures um, and how all of this gets resolved over, I guess, four seasons of this. So I'm excited. I appreciate Manny for for introducing this to us. I think for some of our listeners, mm. this is going to be a completely different pace uh, or type of show yeah. from what they expect. But we're just going to say you're welcome. You're welcome. We're expanding your worldview, okay? Should we yeah. put a disclaimer though? Like this is pretty dark. This is it's not your cheer Because you guys said Pokemon… <laughs> Right? And like, <laughs> what else? Like in Yu-Gi-Oh! Like in animation form. But guys, this is not that. There's blood. There's disturbing images. It's this like, is like a Walking Dead and Train to Puzan. Yeah. Um, mm. Meets Game of Thrones. What? In when you just threw Game form. of Yeah, you just threw Game <laughs> of Thrones in there just because it's good. They have a wall. Like, they have a wall. They have I would say three maze, walls. I would say Maze Runner and Hunger Games. Oh, <laughs> um, okay. okay. Well, Manny, uh, before we let you go, um, we have a few questions from fans that we have from Twitter. And um, okay. so if you're, you don't mind, we're going to run through a couple of them real quick. Uh, this is from Dreamin G. What is your favorite line from The Good Place? Or something that happened during filming that has stuck with you till this day? Uh, so, just, just so many moments and lines but i think one of the greatest lines that that keeps getting repeated is um one of them is i wasn't wait no um fuck i'm <laughs> uh, just like going through a rolodex of lines um Apples, you eat their clothes, their clothes, oranges, you don't. Um, that's one line. Apples, you eat that their just, clothes and oranges, you don't. Okay. That's an interesting one. Um, and then there's also like, I wasn't an uh, unsuccessful DJ. I was pre-successful. That always gets repeated. Um, but I mean, it's just like… It's it all. It also sounds really dumb because it's out of context and you don't know right, the right, scene right. and situation. So it right. just sounds like I'm I'm putting out crap out of my mouth. But uh, <laughs> like I mean I don't know, man. Like just all of it was a dream to mm. to have done. But um, yeah, those small lines and and getting to work with freaking Ted Danson is probably the biggest the biggest yeah. The biggest gem of it all, man. He's amazing. You, yeah, you're working some great people as well. Great people. Thanks, um, dude. Yeah. All right. Last fan question. Uh, I'm sure you get this a lot, but I think this is there's a reason for it. It's because uh, for people who who are curious, this is probably one of the the few cases that you can actually get some real interesting tips. 
tips for starting an acting career. I'm sure you get it a billion times. Anything that you go to, anything you think on that? The biggest one in my head is if you can, if you're satisfied doing anything else in your life, do that. Um, but if you have to be an actor, if that's all you can think about, all you can eat about, all you can sleep about, all, like if you constantly, if you're constantly dreaming about it, like if that's your whole thing, then do it because you'll mm-hmm. end up somewhere. But if you're happy, like, you know, working at a gas station or, uh, or just recording podcasts, like do that because acting isn't, you know, it's not for everybody. Mm-hmm. And, you know, you got to go through a lot of shit, like a lot of no's, a lot of rejection, um, harassment at times, mm-hmm. unfortunately, um, a lot of doubt, self-doubt. So if you can mm-hmm. do anything else, do that. But if you believe that this is something you need to do, then go for it. Because, yeah, everybody will, especially if you're an Asian American, Asian Canadian, everybody can benefit from what you have to say. Amen. Boom. Amen, dude. Love that. Um, amazing. Um, well, Manny, thank you so much for joining us on the show. It's been a pleasure getting to know you and speak with you. Uh, albeit it wasn't, you know, a real in-life catch-up, but I'm glad we got to do this. Um, uh, oh, last question before me, you go. Yeah, absolutely. What, you know, what are you looking forward to most right now? And do you have any other projects that you wanted to plug or share with us before we, <laughs> we part ways? Getting out of quarantine, getting my ass out of quarantine. <laughs> um, Valid. That, but um, yeah, I'm mean, just getting back to like normal life. I'm supposed to get married next year. Congratulations. Like, looking, thanks, guys. Like, looking forward to that. Um, Do you have a date right now or is it just on standby? Um, I, yeah, we have a date. Uh, um, we're looking at, at a few dates, but it'll mm. be it'll be summer of of mm. of next nice. year, um, and yeah, just looking forward to that. And and I'm like, I don't know if we discussed this, but yeah, I'm in Australia right now shooting a show called Nine Perfect Strangers, and looking forward to get start to getting started on that. And yeah, man, just kind of looking forward to getting getting back to normal, if anything. Mm. All right. Well, thanks again for making time. I hope to stay in touch. And um, yeah, stay yeah. safe and and good luck shooting in, in Sydney. Thanks, guys. Let me know. Let me know honestly, like the journey that you guys go through when you if you keep watching, um, because okay. it's it's a trip. I'm a I'm gonna like text you or DM you, and I'm just gonna have like a watch party by myself, just live yeah. live tweeting. Um, yeah, but I need some. Yeah, answers. thank you guys so much. Yeah, Eddie, anything you want to say before we leave? No, just thanks for your time, dude. I mean, keep doing what you're doing. It's it's important. Uh, thanks, guys. We're big fans and just keep up the great work, man. We'll be in touch whenever we overlap in LA or in Australia if, if you're still there. And, and Sounds good. Of luck. Stay positive. Thanks, guys. Thank you. It was a pleasure. Yeah. All right. All right, guys. That's a wrap on this special guest episode of Committer Quit with Manny Jacinto. If you guys enjoyed learning about Manny and his show recommendation you guys can catch the full episode of this podcast and all the other podcasts from dive studios at youtube.com slash dive pods while you're at it go ahead and tag us on our socials at the dive studios we're pretty much everywhere and uh manny where can people find you 
Um, Instagram at Manny Jacinto, um, Twitter at Manny Jacinto. And um, if you're in Sydney, say what's up. All right. There we go. Um, be sure to go ahead and subscribe to Dive Studios on whatever platforms. And if you want to become a patron of ours, go ahead. Do so at patreon.com slash dive studios because we have some cool perks and full videos and cool things going on. Eddie, anything else? Nope. Just check it out. <laughs> stay stay in tune. Subscribe to our stuff. We're verified everywhere and you'll find us pretty easily. So yeah. Thanks for tuning in and we will see you next week. All right, guys. Bye. Stay safe. Cool. Wear a mask. Bye. Bye. See ya. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Jumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. <laughs> The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. With Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. <gasps> no, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Lucky Land Casino. Asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.